Where to even begin? The Dyson Daniels missed free throws, the Matt Ryan made three, the turnovers, the rotation, the lack of rebounding. It was a rough one for the Pelicans, but is this the end of the world? And what needs to change after this stinging loss to the Lakers is locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are locked on Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at NOLA, Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, late at night, recording this one after an overtime loss for the Pelicans, 121-17, a game that... Should not have been in overtime, and if you stayed up late to watch this one, you're probably pretty frustrated, and I'm frustrated alongside with you, but is this truly the end of the world, and what needs to change after this one, because this was very easily the worst game the Pelicans have played this season, and of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today, and every day, we're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team in the wins and in the losses too, and yes, there are takeaways things we learned. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. So let's get into it. This was a bad game. This was a bad night all around. The worst Pels game of the season. And it's easy to blame Dyson Daniels with 1.8, 1.7 seconds left, up three. He goes to the line, shooting two, and has a welcome to the NBA moment for the rookie, missing both of them. It's very easy to say that he cost them the game, and in one sense, if you're saying that, you'd be right. But there's a lot of other things that went on in this one that also contributed to the loss, and it's never just one thing in any close loss in the NBA. And also, don't be a jerk tagging him in things and saying awful things towards him. He's a rookie. It's a moment that you hope he will grow from. Be frustrated with him, yes, but don't be a downright asshole to him like a lot of people are doing. I'm tagged in a lot of these. And as I said that, some guy then tags him in a tweet alongside me that says, I don't care if you become an all-star, you're going to forever be dead to me, Dyson Daniels, you suck. I'm reading that from the, the tweet right here, right? Don't be that person. I'm not saying you need to build these guys up or that it's okay that he missed those free throws because it's not, but it's also not the only reason that the Pelicans lost this game. And also, it's one game out of... 82. It's game seven out of 82 with this team on a tough three game road trip without Brandon Ingram or Herb Jones. So not at full strength. They also honestly have probably been out partying the past couple of days in LA too. You need to keep some context around this loss. This isn't going to really impact them long term. These games happen. Fluke games in the middle of the week happen in the NBA when you're playing that many games. And the Pelicans were just flat out bad in this one. Everywhere. After the Dyson Daniels missed free throws, Trey Murphy made an inexplicable defensive decision. The Lakers needed to tie. They needed to shoot a three. That's the only way they could continue on in this game. And he's trying to defend the paint. Stay on the perimeter. Let them get a quick two. 
That's what you want. That's probably the only time you ever want to let someone just go to the basket on a cut or something like that. But that was a mistake. The Pelicans also shot poorly in this one throughout the night. They were just 32% from three. That's not good. Making eight threes, eight of 25. They had a, uh, 10 turnovers in the first half. Zion Williamson, who got cooking at one point, missed three free throws. He was five of eight. If he makes one of those, this is an entirely different thing. Sometimes these games happen, and it's just annoying that it happened against the Lakers, the team that everyone was talking trash to on Twitter all day long. This is another team that would just merely be annoying, not the end of the world. Because look, it's not the end of the world. I promise you that. We've still seen that this team is good. We've seen that this team is not a championship contender right now because they do struggle with things. They gave up in this one 11 offensive boards, giving 16 uh, second chance points to the Lakers, including some key possessions in the fourth quarter in overtime when they just made mental lapses or no one boxed out. And I've been saying this in a couple of shows this season that they struggle with long rebounds off of missed threes. And look, the Lakers missed a lot of threes in this one. And frankly, Willie Green said it best. The Pelicans didn't deserve to win this one. The Lakers didn't play well. They did not play well at all. They had 17 turnovers. They looked terrible too. This was not a good game from them. And in yesterday's show, we talked about it. And I said, this Lakers team is better than y'all think. Russ was great for a period of time in this one. Others were too. LeBron was great at one point. Anthony Davis took over that first, that second quarter. They still played poorly overall, and New Orleans just out poorly played them. It's going to happen. This was a game that New Orleans just really wasn't in, despite seeing some flashes from them. But clearly, there's some things that need to be worked out. You know, going through a little bit of adversity, getting kind of a slap in the face, a wake-up call, which this loss definitely was, is probably going to be a good thing in the long term for this team this season. So I think it'll end up being okay. We don't need to, to collectively melt down. But yeah, they need to tidy up a lot of things. The, the turnovers in the first half were completely sloppy. We'll talk about Zion in the next segment a little bit more in depth because while he got cooking in the fourth quarter and in the second half, they, they used him poorly. I don't know what Willie Green was thinking with what they were doing with Zion in that second quarter, in that first half total, which really threw them out of sorts and got them down into a big hole, as many as 16 in this one. That's not how you're going to win very many games. I forget to turn my phone off, and that is um, what a note from the Pelicans, actually. Anyway, um, let me mute that here really quickly. There we go. Sorry about that. All right, let's just get into Zion in the next segment. We'll get into the defense, the rebounding, all of that in the third segment of what made this loss pretty rough. But look, the, the, the takeaway I want you to have from this segment is it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's okay. It'll be fine. It's just super annoying that it was against the Lakers on a night that they didn't play particularly well. It was a winnable game. But if the Pelicans play like this, it's what Willie Green says. They don't deserve to win. They didn't win this one. They dropped to 4-3 and three on the season after a 120-117 loss in overtime. So coming up, Zion, because Taylor two halves for him. You saw the, the best from Zion, and then you saw kind of the worst with the Pelicans with Zion. And I'll explain. And they got to get rid of some of that stuff. That's coming up here next in today's episode of 
Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Prize Picks. Tonight, I'm taking Luka Dodgers to score more than 26.5 points. LeBron, unfortunately, to have more than 7.5 rebounds. Kevin Durant in the mess of the Nets to have less than 6.5 assists. I love Prize Picks because it's daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players, and if they go score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. That's the best part about this. It's just you versus the projections. You see the number, you pick more or less than that number. You're not going against people who do this for a living, which means you have a real chance to win. And Prize Pick offers projections on any sport you watch, NBA, NFL, MLB um, World Series right now, whatever it is. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also offer safe and fast withdrawals and are currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's free money right there. You deposit $100, they will give you $100. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day, even after Pelicans losses. We're here Monday through Friday breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around all of sports recapped in one spot. What you need to know in under 30 minutes at Locked On Sports today. Go make sure it's your second listen available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Today, we are talking about the Pelicans losing to the Los Angeles Lakers. So annoying. 120-117. Overtime loss. A game that New Orleans should have won. They had that locked up. Joel Myers even said, this one is over. Then Dyson Daniels misses the two free throws. You have the defensive breakdown leading to the Matt Ryan of all names in the freaking world, right? Also, the head of PR for the Pelicans is named Matt Ryan, too. So, all the Matt Ryans in L.A., this one, though, for the Lakers, hitting a three that ties it, sends it to overtime where New Orleans just it wasn't working for him. And it's a disappointing loss, but I promise you it is not the end of the world. But they could have ran away with this one. It was really that second quarter where New Orleans kind of got run out, losing that period 33-17, to 17, that things really went awry for them, leading to the Lakers just getting out to a 16-point lead at the end of the half. They were bad offensively and bad defensively. And we'll get into the defensive stuff in the next segment. But they were bad offensively because they used Zion in just the flames coming out the side of my head move. Zion is like a black hole in terms of gravity. Just he's right there. Singularity, if you will. And people just go to him. And you saw in this game how the Lakers were defending him. They started with LeBron on him. And the game plan was dare him to shoot. Dare him to shoot, which he wasn't going to do because he's not good at it. Because they were sagging off and they were trying to wall off the paint from him. And for whatever reason, when he got off to a slightly rough start in the first and second quarters here, that they, they went away from him being his best self. In the second quarter, he shot one of four and seemed to kind of get taken out of the game because he wasn't getting foul calls, because he wasn't able to get to the rim like he really wanted to. But he also just stopped trying. That's not really enough of a sample size for me for t to feel that he should go away from what he was doing. 
You know, he's three of seven in the first half, but he was dishing out assists. He was making good passes. They missed two threes that if they had made would have given him four in the first half. He needed to get downhill and keep attacking. And instead, they wouldn't even get him a touch. It just seemed like they were worried that there was going to be a wall of Lakers there. So let's not have him touch the ball. When if they're building a wall against him in the terms of Stan Van Gundy, it means someone's open. Now they were missing some of those shots. But still take open shots. And instead, the offense kind of ground to a halt. They just couldn't get anything going. It resorted to some CJ isolations, rough and four shots from other players. It was just nothing good. Shows you how much they miss Brandon Ingram too. But why get away from doing what works, which is put the ball in Zion's hands, let defenders collapse on him, and let him pass out? What happened against the Los Angeles Clippers? A game that the Pelicans won running away partially because of the gravity of Zion Williamson. And then in the second half, it wasn't Zion shooting jumpers that they were daring him to shoot. He missed those in this game. He took a three. He missed it. He took a jumper, hit one, and missed two others. Tried a little turnaround fade, which is a post move, and that's fine. I don't mind that. But he's not good at those other things. And instead, what he did was just start attacking and getting downhill and trying to put some pressure on the defense. And guess what? In the second half, Zion Williamson was 7 of 11 for 19 points. Got to the line eight times. In the first half, he didn't get to the line once. Be aggressive, attack the defense. He finished with four assists in the second half. Because his space was creating wide open shots for everyone. And in the second half... The Pelicans outscored the Lakers 67-55 to because of it. They went on a run and answered the Lakers, took the lead because of what Zion was doing, which was attacking the basket, even if it's just going to his left or going to his right and trying to finish with his left hand. It works, and it broke that defense. It opened up shots. The Pelicans were 5 of 9 from 3 in the second half. Wide open looks mainly created by Zion Williamson because they got him the ball. Don't get away from that even if he's struggling to finish. He's such a talented player, it will work. You saw LeBron get schooled time after time after time by him. And finally, he goes, I can't handle this anymore. And they put Wenyan Gabriel on Zion Williamson. And at that point, look, we've seen Wenyan Gabriel here in New Orleans. He ain't the answer. He was cooked. It was launched for Zion, and that's what got New Orleans back into this. Also, with a nice, steady helping of Jose Alvarado and Dyson Daniels doing some really great things in the second half, along with Larry Nance Jr. too. We'll talk about more of them coming up next, because there were some things that worked. And it ties into, maybe we've got to look at these rotations just slightly, even though I don't know if they were truly that bad for the most part in this game. But get the ball designed. Like, you don't need to overthink this. In the first half, they were just parking him in the corner. He was just standing in the corner. And that's it. Wouldn't get a touch. And at that point, the defense isn't going to pay attention to him whatsoever. Because he's not going to shoot corner threes. And if he does, that's a win for the Lakers' defense. So when he started getting going, getting aggressive, things really opened up. And New Orleans got into this game. That's when they're the best. They got to, when he's out on the court, at least without Brandon Ingram, he needs to be touching the ball on almost every single possession. That's how they got back into this one, truly, with helps from other guys too, because Jose Alvarado was great 
in this game. But in the second half, it was really Zion until CJ really started getting going in the fourth quarter too, um, as he started to finally score and find a rhythm and try and like lead this team. So the third quarter till Zion took over in the fourth as he started to get in a rhythm and really elevate his game. But that's what got him back into this one. I don't know what they were doing in the first half when it just was all out of sorts, but they need to take advantage of their best players when they're out there on the court. And that is right now, Zion Williamson until Brandon Ingram gets back. So coming up next, let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about the rotations, things that apps and the rebounding absolutely need to change for New Orleans because you're starting to see patterns and things that are developing that are struggles for the Pelicans. Let's get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Did I mention completely free? If you want to support the show, comment down below on YouTube. That is the number one thing you can do. And now for your second listen, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions across all sports, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So we're talking about the Pelicans' 120-117 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. Just their worst game of the season. Like, it... This is not one, though, where you want to just, like, pitch the game film into a trash can and go, we're never going to look at it, burn it. There's a lot to learn from this and a lot to take away. The Pelicans struggled to rebound in this one at very key moments. Like, no one was boxing out, and this is something I've noticed, and I've been saying it on the show for a while, off missed threes. And they're doing a good job of contesting missed th- you know, three-pointers, actually, and leaving bad shooters open to take those threes, which is a win from the defense. But now when you give up an offensive rebound, and you saw that in this, time after time, they're not rebounding well or they don't have good rebounding lineups out there, and Willie Green has an opportunity to make some changes. After Dyson Daniels missed that first free throw, why not put in Valanchunas, who didn't play much in the second half, or Jackson Hayes there for just get some height, or Billy Hernan Gomez to just get some height out there on the off chance that he misses. You knew the Lakers would take a timeout no matter what, whether Dyson Daniels made or missed the next free throw. So put in that lineup so that you can sub out. They were not going to let, you know, LeBron James, who grabbed the board, run down the court with 1.7 left. He would have run out of time. They were going to take a timeout. So you had a chance to make the right kind of substitution. And that's something that I think Willie Green really missed in this game. And maybe they could have secured an offensive board off the miss or at least blocked out better. They didn't. I think that's part of the reason that it cost them. You also saw at times some minutes for players that just, like, what are we doing here? I'm glad that we didn't see Jackson Hayes in the second half, but you saw four minutes of him, five minutes of him in the first, and it was pretty bad during that run. And when you were sparked by guys like Jose Alvarado scoring 15 points, being a plus 10 on the night, that's the game high for the Pelicans. Why wasn't he in a little bit more in overtime when you couldn't get stops and you just needed a spark? He had his Grand Theft Alvarado, the sneaky steal on LeBron James. It's going to be a highlight for the rest of his life. Why not get him out there to give you something? And this goes to what we talked a little bit about yesterday when we talked about could Trey Murphy close games? And I said, I'm not sure because who, who are you taking out? And in that overtime period, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure who they would have taken out. You know, they had Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, Najee Marshall, CJ McCollum, and Larry Nance. Who's coming out? 
Najee, but I think you need him in there. So I don't know where there was truly an opportunity to do it, but it seems at this point with how impactful of a player he is that Jose Alvarado needs to be playing more minutes than just 17 per game. You've got to start to inch him up. The problem is there just aren't minutes to really go around unless you cut someone from the rotation. You want to play nine or 10 guys, and if you take out Jackson Hayes' four minutes and 22 seconds, they played nine players in this game. You know, where do those minutes come from? I'm not entirely sure. Trey played almost 40. Zion played almost 30, 36 and a half. Najee played 38 and a half. Do you cut some of his minutes? Because I do think he's been good. CJ played over 40. Larry Nance Jr. played over 31, right? Where do the minutes come from unless it's Devontae Graham? But he's been shooting well. And he actually makes defensive plays. He's gotten like a almost block in every game and he keeps taking, and he took a charge in this one. So I don't know where those minutes are going to come from. But it's very clear they need to tweak something with the rotation and find the right combination of lineups. And I'm going to dig into some of the data to see what's working and what isn't through these first seven games of the season so far. Same data that the Pelicans look at too and see if there's things that need to be cut. Are there certain backcourt combinations that don't work? Are there certain backcourt combinations that really do work? All of the, even though there's noisy numbers so far this year. But the rotations, it feels like something needs to be tweaked because there are some lineups that just get straight up torched and they can't keep having that because it makes the game go from a winnable game to all of a sudden they're down 10. And now we start to scrutinize every little thing that happened in this game, including them blowing a five-on-three fast break in overtime, which led to an empty, uh, an airballed layup. Just, it's like one of those games, y'all. Just... One of those games. All right, let's end the show there. We don't need to talk about this anymore. There's definitely some things that need to change. The defensive game plan, I do want to mention this, was pretty rough too at times. I don't know what they were doing not helping on LeBron James throughout the night. Why were they going under on screens and over on screens on the wrong guys and doing the wrong things? You know, when you had someone like Patrick Beverly who was rough offensively in this game for the Lakers, didn't score, why are you going you know, over screens on him to let him drive and break down a defense rather than just letting him shoot when he's been struggling all year and they didn't let him do that. You know, they really beat themselves in this one when you look at it. You know, there were times when LeBron would would get the ball down low into the post and start to post up play and like no one would rotate over or help and then when he beat his band, like no one would really move. I just don't know what was going on with this team. Maybe it was partying in L.A., and if they did, at least hopefully you all had fun and you get out of your system so you can focus now. But this is a game that should be hopefully a wake-up call for this team, and hopefully we won't see this kind of poor performance from them again. So what did you think was the worst part of this game? Is there someone you do blame the loss on? And again, you can blame the loss on people. Just don't be a complete dick about it. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to get you set for the weekend.